0: Welcome back to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA, I am your Six Figure Social Worker. I am excited about the episode on today. I have interviewed a young lady who is actually working as a child welfare social worker, and she is going to share with you her experience as well as introduce her book, How to Survive Being a Child Welfare Social Worker. So listen, If you're interested in this, stay tuned and I will be back. Welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, I am your girl, Lashana Alfred, your Six Figure Social Worker. This podcast was designed with you in mind. It was designed to teach social workers how to make a living while you're making a difference. And on today's episode, I am excited. I interviewed Michaela, who is a social worker working in child welfare. And she will share with you her experiences as well as the motivation behind her new book. And so if you're interested, stay tuned, but also listen to the end because I will come back and share with you some of the tips or why I believe so many social workers are struggling with passing the exam. As I listened to and did this interview with Michaela, my mind began to run and I want to share with you um, what was going on with me at the end of the episode. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for um, being a part of the podcast. This is the six figure social worker podcast where the mission or the purpose of this podcast is to teach social workers how to make a living while they're making a difference. I would like to start off by you just introducing yourself to the audience.
1: Hello, my name is Maikila Conte, and I'm a child welfare social worker. I've been in the field now for about six years. Um, I work in the county, and currently I work as a dependency investigation social worker. And in all the county, it's called PORT. So I really love what I do. I love working with the families and I also love working with other service providers. Um, So yeah, that's about me. Okay, now where are you from? I'm from West Africa, Sierra Leone.
0: Okay, okay. Now you're calling in from where?
1: I'm calling from California. I'm from California. Okay. All right. And um how how long have you had your social work degree? For 6 years now. So I graduated um back with my MSW back in what, 2015.
0: Okay. 2015. Okay. Yeah. Now for the field that you're in. So for the area of child welfare, did you need to um take the licensure
1: exam? No, so for California, um, to become a child welfare social worker, you just have to have your MSW, and also, um, sometimes when you're going for your MSW, if your focus is in children, youth, and families, you also get this called the title for a stipend and after the program you just have to work two years in accounting to pay back okay okay and so
0: excuse me and so you didn't have to sit for the um social work licensure exam
1: No, so after, no, I did not. After you're done with your MSW, if you want, you can do your ELSW if you're going into mental health. But within child welfare, it's not a requirement for you to be licensed. It's just that you have to have your master's in social work.
0: Okay, okay. Well, welcome. Thank you for being willing to share with the audience um, your experience as a social worker. So as you know, um, one of the things that I focus on really is removing the stigma behind social work as a whole. And I like how you have carved a niche where you really want to talk about um, social workers that's working in the child welfare um, field. Yes. Okay. And so you said, um, share with us some of the things that you find yourself doing, some of your job duties in that um, area.
1: So some of my job duties, my main one is of course meeting with the fam, fam, fam families, doing assessments, going to court. Um, with the, the department that I work in, I go to court like almost every week I, I am in court because when I get a new case, I have to immediately file what we call the petition. And then um, that's within about 24 hours. And within 48 hours, I have to write a court report. So I'm always at court. Um, Another thing that I do is I do home visits. Um, it can be anywhere from, like, right down the street to, like, four hours away or six hours away. It just depends on where the kids are placed and where the fam, fam, fam families are. Um, another thing that we do is we definitely work with service pro providers, meaning we work with a lot of mental health. Um, we provide... Referrals for them to receive therapy services, and then you also work within the community. You work with the police, all all officers, to obtain like police reports. Um, Another thing, there's so many stuff. There's so many that you do. So anything that you imagine, that social workers do. We do. We we provide transportation. Um, We we refer our families to different agencies, depending on what they need, if they need like parent uh, education classes, um, if they need like couples counseling, if they need sex therapy, um, or if they need like a domestic violence program, So and also if they need like substance abuse. So we refer all our families to that. And...
0: Yeah. It's how much you do. Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. As you were sh- as you were um sharing, I started thinking about how social workers can get um confused when they're taking the exam. Cuz mm-hmm. a lot of social workers um may think that um, it's more case management services when we think about um, social work. So basically what you just described is really like the connection with the community, referrals, um, making the needed referrals. But you don't do um, counseling with the families, do you?
1: No, no, no. So we don't do anything mental health with the fam-fam families. We do more case management. Yeah. Um. So we cannot provide any type of be services there services
0: to them. Okay, let me just um, put a plug in here for my listeners. Those of you who are still um, preparing to take the licensure exam, this is very important because sometimes we answer the questions based on the agency that we have had experience with. And when you're taking the exam, it's asking overall. So you want to make sure that you're thinking outside of the box and not just at um, answering the questions based on the agency that you are um, or have been working at. Because if you've been working as a child welfare um, social worker, your answer would be vastly different from someone like myself who actually worked in a behavioral health organization, answering those questions. And so, um, I'm really glad to have Michaela on today because, um, she's bringing another, um, perspective as it relates to social work and another, um, yeah, experience in the field. And so Mm -hmm. I would like for you to share, you, you wrote a book, talk to us about the book that you wrote and the reason for writing the book.
1: So, my book is entitled How to Survive as a Child Welfare so, Social Worker. And my motivation for writing this book is number one. Um, so, when I transitioned to my other county that I'm right now, I, I noticed that there was a need. And one thing I like about your podcast that you always say is you get into these agencies. If there is The problem, if there is an issue, you will find the solution to that issue. You be the person to make that happen. So that's one thing I realized that I have done because when I wrote this book, I had not come across your podcast. I recently came across it. So when I wrote the book, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, there was a need. And I I did something uh, about that. So I noticed that there were a lot of social workers who came into child welfare and had absolutely no idea of the field. Although they went to grad school, they did their you know their in in, in their internship they yeah. still were lost. Like some of them were like, oh my gosh, it's like they're speaking another language. And this was all during the training. They're speaking another language. They were not able to get cut, 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 cut up. They had no idea what was going on. So being that I've been in the field for so long, because at that time, because I recently just moved to Newtown County. So being in the fact that I've been in the field for so long, I had an idea of the different services, the different jobs you can work, different resources, and also how to stay organized in the job and how to take care of yourself. So my book is breaking down into five different chapters. And in that chapters, I talked about the different types of jobs that you can get as a child welfare social worker. I talked about what exactly is child welfare, being a child welfare social worker, what that entails. I talked about how to stay organized in your work that you're doing. And I provided 10 tips on how you can survive in this field. So that's what my book is about. And also my book books and posts and cons of working in those different departments. So that way the reader can have an idea of what they are getting into and what departments they think will best fit their personality. So that's what my book is about.
0: I love that. I love that. Do you talk any about um burnout?
1: Um, I did I didn't really like specifically talk about like, you know, the different stages of burnouts. So like, you know, if you start experiencing this, this means burnout. I didn't talk about, you know, I'm still, I may be coming out with more books, so that's Absolutely. probably something that I can talk about. Yeah. But this one I just provide 10 tips of, of how you can survive as a child okay. welfare social workers. So I didn't really necessarily focus on burnout, but there's some stuff in there that you can pick out that can help the that. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Where can they purchase your book at?
1: So right now my book is available on Amazon. I'm trying to get it into like Target, Barnes & Nobles, and other retail stores. But, you know, it just takes a while to, for it to be approved. But, but for right now, the Kindle version is on Amazon and the Prince version is also on Amazon.
0: Awesome. Uh, I love how you um, allowed yourself to think outside the box, right? Mm-hmm. Where here you are in child welfare and you're working with families, you're recognizing the gaps, you're looking at the impact that... Um, working in the field is having on other social workers and so you created an actual book to actually help social workers coming into that area um, of focus and that is amazing that is amazing
1: yeah because also this child welfare because they refer to child welfare as CPS right and there's so much negativity in this work. So my goal, my focus is try to bring the positiveness in into this work. I am not saying it's all faint, it's all lawyers. Yes, there is a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of issues that needs to be addressed but I just want to bring some positivity in, in into the work that we do. And there's a lot of success stories with these fan families. There are some that tells me, Michaela, my, my, my you have helped me so much in this area. So there's so much pos- positiveness that comes out of this job. So that's my job to bring out the, po- the positiveness into the field and not focus on all the negative aspects of it
0: awesome awesome I have a question for you why did you go into the field what was that what was your why
1: so my why was I have always loved to work with children I have always want to be like the person that can work with the fam, fam 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 families too. So before I got into the MSW program, I was actually going for my teaching credential, but I noticed that I would just be stuck in one area, which is just working with the kids in the classroom. I will not necessarily know the family dynamics and what is going on. So when I discovered social work, I was like, oh, this is perfect for me. And, um, I get to work with the kids, but I also get to work with the fam families. I get to work with the aunts, the uncles, the brothers, you know, mm-hmm. I get to work with the whole unit and I get to be the person to help to figure out what is the need of this fam family and how we can address the issue. So that's why I went into social work and and I love it. I seriously do there. You know, we all have our days, but I think it's a very rewarding career and I plan on staying for a long time.
0: <laughs> yes, I love it, I love it. Now, often I hear individuals who think social workers, especially in that field, are um, um, individuals who break up families you know, who come and snatch the kids away. Do you hear that? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I hear... And that's the stigma I want to break. That's the stigma because you have people say, yeah, all you guys do is come and snatch the babies. All you guys do is provide money to the foster parents instead of providing it to the moms who don't have money or who are homeless and things like that. And I had to break it down to them. No, that's not what we do. We just don't go in the home and take kids. We really do not. They have to be a concern. severe abuse and neglect going on for us to remove children if you go into a home and you see that this home has has substances everywhere have drugs everywhere you see this need, needle everywhere in the home you see that this kid is definitely malnourished this kid have not been eating for days the home is dirty the home is full of feces you open the fridge there's barely food in there and that situation it's in the best interest of the child for us to put the child in a safe and environment and after we remove the children i know some say well after you guys remove you guys don't contact the parents you guys don't contact the mom and dad and that is not true as soon as a move has taken place the first thing we do is contact the mom you contact the dad if they're around you contact any other fam, family members so if the parents cannot care for that child who else in that family can care for that child it's a lot that we have to place children with family families If we don't place children with families, the agency can get sued. And most of these people have attorneys too that are contracted by the agency or different agencies. So we definitely have to have these kids with fam-fam families. The only way kids come into foster care is if there are no families available. And also when we put in fam, 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 families, of course, we have to run a background check because as a mom, anybody, I wanna know that this person is safe and this person is able to care for my child. So that is also what the agency does. We make sure that this person is safe and capable to care for the children or child.
0: Awesome, awesome. What happens when an individual, and I'm not sure if you do it in your county, but I know often it happens in um, Lucas County where the individual has a case plan and they mm-hmm. are working their case plan. And then all of a sudden, at least from the the parent standpoint, something else is added to that ca- case plan, like um, maybe a parenting class that wasn't added in the beginning. How does that um, take place and why does that take place if you have experienced that?
1: So that's also part of our job. We have to be transparent to this pay, 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 pay rent. For me, it's very important in the beginning when I get involved with the fam, fam, families, I let them know. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything to you. I'm going to let you know exactly what the agency is going to re- recommend and what services that she's going to need to take part of in your case plan. So in that case, a parenting class may have been added on because number one, the so, the social worker assessed that this mom or dad can benefit from a pay parenting class. And number two, sometimes the families are the ones that request it. So the social worker has the obligation to add it on their case plan. And number three, it could be where sometimes it just get added on or it was already on there, but it was never discussed. So it can be different reasons why that could have have happened.
0: Okay. Okay. Now I want to make sure we highlight um, a little more on your book can you share with us some of the highlights? I know you went over some, but I want the reader to really understand why or how this book would benefit them.
1: So the way this book will benefit the readers is that this book is an actual hands-on approach from an experienced social worker who shares the pros and cons of how to navigate the different stages of this career, 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 career. And also this book definitely highlights the different jobs that you can get in child well welfare. Because sometimes, like I said, there's no understanding of what we do. They think that, okay, it's social work and that's it. You come in and then your, your role is to probably remove the chill, chill, chill children. But that's not what it is. There are so, social workers who are doing jobs because they just have to place the chill, chill children. And those are called the placement social workers and their job is to find placements for the chill children and their other social workers who their responsibility is to going out to these homes and as uh, uh, assessing these homes and making sure that it's safe for the kids to be in this home. And then um, another thing that my book breaks down is it talks about the pros and cons of working within this it, within this de, de department because in anything that we do, there's pros and cons. So I definitely break it down very detailed on um, what you are going to experience if you want to do this type of job in the field. And then, um, like I said, I provided tips on how to survive the job. And another thing that I did was I wrote down, organ. I have a whole chapter that talks about how to stay organized in the field, because in this work, if you're not organized, it takes it's like you feel like you're all over the place because there's always something come coming up. So I po- I provided some tools that I have used that have helped me to stay all, all organized.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now do, are you on social media? How can they follow you?
1: Yes, yeah, so I am on social on social me, 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 me media and my handle is child welfare social worker.
0: Okay. Okay. And if they have any questions for you, would you like them to contact you um, via Instagram at child welfare, social worker, or their yes. other? Yes. Okay.
1: So they can definitely contact me through Instagram. I'm definitely, I'm always responding to the messages that I get. And, you know, my job right now is just to help somebody who who wants to come in this field, help to guide them. I'm definitely being a child welfare social worker. I have all the goals that I'm trying to work to. So I would definitely be, um, happy and willing to help anybody else that is considering being in this field.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So I heard you say you have other um, goals, other things that you are working on. So I'm looking forward. Hopefully we can stay um, connected so we can continue to share. Because again, we want to kind of broaden the um, perspective of social workers so they can recognize that it's more than just um, sitting behind the desk and working Mm -hmm. in line to five and that they can see how they can, they too can, maybe write a book, start a business, um, basically by looking at the gaps. And it sounds like yeah. you were able to see some gaps and you um, tried to fill it in um, with this book. And I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm.
1: And then and then another thing that I wanna say is, not, not, it's, it's not because you're a child welfare social worker that that doesn't mean that you cannot get your LCS, You you can definitely get a license and that is something I'm working on right now. So right now I'm working on my license shop. Um, I'm doing my my hours right now. So once you're licensed, you can definitely also have your job as a social worker in the county. And you can also provide private therapy. So all the clients, not necessarily, not the ones that you're working with right now, but you can ha- also have your own private practice and provide ther- ther- therapy services. So that's something a lot of child welfare w- w- workers do. Because of course in this field, like you always say, you have to make a living whilst helping. So that's my goal right now, to make a living whilst I am helping too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for um, being a guest on the show. I know that you share some stuff with the listeners that will definitely inspire them and help them think out the box as well. Um, Again, we're here to um, assist social workers with making a living, but first they have to realize that it's okay to make a living, right? So it's not that Mm -hmm. we're chasing after um, money, but it's we're not going to vow poverty while we assist others with getting out of poverty. And so um, definitely um, stay tuned. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before um, we actually end?
1: No, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your platform. I'm definitely enjoying listening to your podcast. You have great content. You definitely um, provide you know, ways that social workers can elevate themselves while doing this job, you know, because we all know it's not an easy field to be in, but your podcast is definitely an an enlightenment to me and I really enjoy listening to it and thank you.
0: Thank you, thank you. And lastly, I just want to share when you're preparing for the licensure, one of the things I want everyone to understand is that when we're in school, they're teaching us basic concepts concerning social work, right? Yes. Yes. So then when we get to agencies, we have to learn how that agency flow. So when we're in school, that information is really what's needed to prepare us for the test. So Mm -hmm, we want to make sure so when they ask things like what's the first thing? What's the best thing? What's, you know, um, what's next? We have to make sure that we're going from the book standpoint and not our particular agency standpoint. Because what may be next as a child welfare social worker may not be next as a mental health social worker. So Mm -hmm. that's some of the things that we want to make sure we're driving home to those of you who are preparing to um, take the licensure exam. Um, I do have other episodes that actually talks about or share sample questions um, in pre- preparation for the licensure exam. So um, I wish you all the best.
1: Thank, and thank you.
0: Yes, definitely stay connected. Um, I will definitely be ordering um the book. So I'll be going to Amazon and ordering the book. And again, the title of the book is How to Survive as a Child Welfare Social Worker, correct? Yes it is. Okay. All right. Definitely. Thank you again for joining and stay tuned. Thank
1: you, Lashana, for
0: Okay. Welcome. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and I would like for you to just reach out to Michaela. Let's support one another. Um, purchase a copy of her book, how to survive as a child welfare, um, social worker. And um, one of the things that was coming or running through my mind as I was doing this interview is why so many social workers find it difficult to pass the exam. If you listen to the p- episode, you'll notice that Michaela in, as a child welfare um, social worker focuses more on case management, providing linkages and referrals and um, identifying resources that families may need in order to um, stay together. There, right now, there are other social workers who are actually working in the mental health field who are actually providing those services, right? Providing, um, parenting classes, providing mental health services, providing drug and alcohol services. And so one of the things I want to understand and why so many social workers may feel ill equipped after they graduate Understand that social work. When we are in school, we're un- we're learning the fun the fundamentals of social work. Understanding the theories and understanding why we do what we do, then when we would get to an agency. Then we understand why they do what they do. Right. So some of the questions that may be on the exam that will be on the exam is what should we do first? What should we do next? What's the best thing to do? One of the things I need you to understand, they're not asking you what's the first thing you would do as a social um social worker working in child welfare. No, they're saying based on this particular issue, based on this person's circumstance, what is the first thing that you should do? And that is overall based on our teaching or our learning while we were in school. So really pay attention to that and don't allow your previous experience or experience in the social work field to get you um, confused when you're taking the test. Because again, those of you who have been following me, I did that and it caused me to fail the exam twice. And I had to really sit down and go through really a boot camp to see how do I pass this test? How are they asking the questions? Questions Because I began to believe that the questions were trick questions. But as I understood, the questions are not trick questions. It's just not um, narrowed down to my little area of focus, right? My little area of working with children or my little area of working with adults. So really pay attention, those of you who are preparing to take the licensure exam. And listen to previous episodes. I have previous episodes about... Some of the questions and how to break it down and all of that. And once again, thank you for tuning in. It's your girl, LA. I am your six-figure social worker. Stay tuned for the next episode. Also, if you have any questions, there should be a voice message button. Hit the voice message button and send me a voice message. Let me know if you have any questions or concerns, any areas that you would like for me to cover on this podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, just send me a message, hit the voicemail um, button, and then just let me know what questions I may ask for you. All right. Stay tuned. Thank you.